Welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast created to enlighten, inspire, and inform those who work in or depend on the world's most important endeavor, agriculture. Here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings, friends. Coming to you from my hotel room after just reading a recent article in the Wall Street Journal, the high-stakes face-off over fake meat. Now, maybe you saw this, maybe you didn't, but let's face it, fake meat's been a big topic here in the business of food and agriculture for the last year. Made its big splash with Beyond Burger coming out of the gates, uh, you know, getting all that investor money. And then, of course, Impossible Burger. Uh, it's on the dinner plates, you know, at fancy restaurants and made a splash, but all of a sudden, it's in Huntington, Indiana, my hometown. A factory and farming community has the Impossible Burger. So clearly, this fake meat is getting more mainstream, right? That's what we've been hearing from the media. Well, let's put that in perspective. First off, fake meat, plant-based alternatives, still amount to way less than 1% of total protein consumption. You still eat a lot more chicken, a lot more beef, a lot more pork, a lot more goat, a lot more egg, a lot more duck, chicken, poultry, whatever, than you do fake meat. Now, the growth of of it is is growing at a considerable percentage. That's one of the other points of this article right here. That fake meat, plant plant-based meat, is up eight percent in sales, whereas normal traditional meat is not. Well, of course, when you start with like you know one pound per American per year, uh, and you gain eight eight percent on that, it's very very little consumption. But that's okay. Let's talk about the reality of plant-based or fake meat. The reality of fake meat is they have three pitches and they also need to be recognized as a legitimate ag and food category because they are. I mean, it's not like it's made from plastic, so it is still an agricultural product. But the reality that they are trying to circumvent is they're pushing a marketing message that is going to end up, I believe, coming back and nipping them. In other words, they will never be mainstream. There will never be more consumption of Beyond Meat or Impossible Burgers than there are of traditional burgers, at least not in your lifetime or my lifetime. First off, we're not Star Trek enough. We're not ready to go there. We still like our meat from pigs and chickens and ducks and cows and sheep, etc. First off, uh, when we're kind of dissecting these numbers, there's an, a market angle that is better for you. But is it really better for you? All the science right now says that the man-made processed food that are the fake meats are actually very high in sodiums and are not necessarily better for you. In fact, uh, Impossible Burger has coconut oil in it and a whole litany of sodiums. So is that better for you than traditional meat? No. Uh, second thing, better for the environment. Well, let's just talk about coconut oil. The three biggest countries, uh, producing countries of coconut oil in the world, India, Indonesia, and the Philippines. I wrote them down right here. Uh, those countries are all very far away from the United States. Even if you're on the West Coast and you say, I live in San Francisco, I eat the Impossible Burger because it's better for the environment. These ingredients aren't breathing and, and cow farts and I, all these other things I've heard from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, that's true. They don't breathe and have cow farts, uh, but they also, uh, these burgers contain coconut oil, which comes from a foreign country, which also those countries have tremendously bad environmental records. So what are we talking about? Better for you? No. Better for the environment? Very arguable, uh, to say the least. And of course, their third argument is Impossible Burgers. In this article right here, Impossible Meats says, 
Their goal is to replace an industry, to absolutely replace an industry, as they call it, livestock production, a prehistoric and destructive technology. Now, as a former dairy farmer and an eater of meat, I find that to be a touch offensive and a little out of touch. Okay, first off, prehistoric, humans weren't around in prehistoric times. Secondly, uh, man and humans, us, you know, men and women, uh, we invented agriculture. And the amazing benefit has been that we've had larger brains. We've got a supply of meat that we never had before. We now have bigger, stronger bodies, bigger, stronger brains because of our meat consumption. And to consider this all prehistoric and, and destructive is a little short-sighted and also insulting to an industry that's done so well. How about if we put things in perspective? You want to talk about prehistoric? Prehistoric, humans didn't eat very much. Prehistoric, you know, cavemen died at age 31. Uh, you know why it's prehistoric? And you know what? Uh, disease. So let's put this in perspective. To say that our meat industry and our livestock production is prehistoric and destructive, we're, we're producing more milk, more meat, more eggs per uh, ounce of resource than we've ever produced before. That's a true story. Less water, less feed, less natural resource uh, degradation into every pound that we get. And then also, the benefit is the consumer choice that we have right now. I don't mind that fake meat is a consumer choice. I mind that the premise, that the marketing, that the positioning is under false pretenses. It is not better for us health-wise. It is arguably not better for the environment. You want better for the environment? What about those 600 million acres of United States agricultural land that cannot produce corn, soybeans, or anything else? Soybeans that go into your Impossible Burger, for instance. You know what they're really good at? Growing grasses, pasture, rangeland, where we can put animals out there to digest that cellulosic fiber and turn it into human protein, human digestible protein. That's pretty darn good for the environment. So number one, better for you, questionable. Number two, better for the environment, questionable. Number three, replacing something prehistoric, mankind, humans, us, are omnivorous by nature. So to call it prehistoric is rather insulting to all of those 7.6 billion people who eat meat naturally. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Business of Agriculture, please share it with your network. Be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear, or Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com.